I remember we would sit at the park, have a blanket, and have like food. <laughs> as and, business partners, as business, of course. And we would be thinking of business names for our design <laughs> studio. <laughs> Uh Watching tennis at the park. Hello and welcome. Wait, do I say hello? I don't remember. Do I say hello? It's not on the card, but I want to do it. Welcome to Did I Do That? It's a show about the mistakes that we make on the way to making design because it is all part of the process. I'm Sean Schumacher, and joining me today, a very special guest, one of the founders of Future Fonts, one of the managing partners at Scribbletone Studio, the co-owner of Vectrotype Foundry, the co-founder and product designer at Exif.co, the co-founder of We Make Portland. It's Lizzie Gershenson. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sean. That was such a sweet intro. I appreciate it. Well, you do a lot of things. So on the blue cards, the blue cards of host that I'm required to have, like normally people like have one one thing. <laughs> it's and hard. Yours is like five. It's and hard. And there's definitely things that I cut out. <laughs> it's hard. I know. I don't know how um, to describe it either. My one liner is not good. <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot of things. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a skill in and of itself. Uh-huh. But I'd say the majority of my time right now is spent helping manage future fonts with my husband and partner, Travis Cockle. And Scribbletone has kind of become that. And then we're also trying to really start pushing Vectro and getting custom typeface work and building our catalog with that as well and releasing new typefaces. And then also I contract as a product designer at different places. I'd say most of my energy is being spent towards those three things. Future fonts is, I think, one of the most useful things for students especially for type out there because you can get type while it's in development you're kind of like kickstarting it but then you get it and you get to use it i know like for a lot of our students that was kind of their way into actually having good typefaces you know you can get a typeface on the ground floor and then it blossoms into this beautiful thing well that's so sweet of you to say thank you it's true though Um, it's like it's a huge deal yeah i mean i think it's a big deal too because it's like more than just travis and i running this thing yeah i don't know how many foundries but it's a lot. A now. lot of foundries on there that are trusting us with their work, that we're trying to help put spotlights on them, yeah. that we're trying to help get them more money on their independent projects. That's really precious that they trust us for that. For students, one thing they might want to know is a lot of the foundries allow discounted or free student use on their trial fonts, especially. Oh, interesting. You might want to double check because yeah. not everyone does, and that will tell you, or you can email us also, especially if it's for student work. If it's for client work, that's doesn't apply yeah but if it's just for student work a lot of people will just be like sure the PSU students do so many cool things like I'm looking around this room too and I'm like I usually love because there's a lot of color there's a lot of energy they're usually making things that they're passionate about yes so there's a lot of great use examples of future fonts and they have fun with the fonts and that's really fun to see they're fun forward I've definitely hung a lot of their work to counter the aesthetic of moving blankets and weird foam egg crates but I think it's like one of the rites of passage to get into type like if you're a designer or or even if you're not a designer if you're somebody who just wants to learn like what's going on in the type world more or get a better sense of what type possibilities are future fonts is a great way to like look and see like oh you can do that oh well i'm glad you think that because like we try to make it more approachable designers share their process you kind of get to see a little more up front it's not such a precious 
process as what it felt like type design used to be a little bit more? I definitely didn't really know until the last couple of years, like what was actually involved in type design and how you would go back and redraw and rework as you're building. Like, yeah. And it's a long, long kind of project you kind of pick at and you tweak it. And then like the system kind of uncovers itself after some sketches and like putting in a few letters. And then it's like you could just draw the letter forms in Illustrator or on a piece of paper. But like you need to make it a typeface. It kind of has to become more of a complete system system the spacing yeah the, like spacing is so important yeah in the quality of how a typeface looks and it's acts. make or break yeah like you you download a cheap thing from defont and you're immediately <laughs> presented with yeah with some realities of how important that is it's like music where those breaks are really important yeah to make like an elegant flow gray space in the page and you can layer on these like more complex dig in a little bit there's even like variable fonts and open type. Oh yeah, that's features. a whole new The open type stuff is like programming too. I don't know. Yeah, this is Travis's territory. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Travis shines. I wish he was here right now with me to kind of go through cuz I know it at like more of a surface level cuz I'm not doing it. I don't design typefaces. I know that and I I should and I probably will eventually. My focus is more in the digital product world yeah. and business world I kind of like and strategy and getting like marketing pieces done, especially when it gets to the coding like since Travis was both a designer and a developer, it was a good fit for him this kind of typeface face design because it's actually software that yeah. you're kind of like a plug-in for all the design you could think of it that way but yeah he likes to push not only the letter forms but the technology side of a font and the production and the tools and like what you're capable of exploring in that tech yeah. side of it Chartwell I think is the yeah. example that yeah, I yeah, always yeah, like yeah. to pull out to students was that one of the earliest scribble tone that was the earliest and probably the catalyst for why we created future fonts for yeah. those of you who don't know what Chartwell was so Chartwell is a typeface that essentially you enter a formula and then it uses magic. <laughs> There's its formula and then step two is question mark, question mark, question mark. And then result is like an actual chart, like a good looking Yeah, it's actually <laughs> like, like so you type in a string of characters. Yeah. So you have if you had a pie chart, for example, you do 10 plus 20 plus 70. And then you choose like, do you want it to be represented in a bar chart, pie chart, rose chart? There's like, I don't know, over There's 10. There's a lot. There's of... a lot of charts. Line chart, radar charts. There's a lot of cool fonts. <laughs> there are charts on there. Yeah. And then Charts that would be hard to make in some Very cases. Very hard and, and like... hard to edit. And then you like click on the open type, which is usually like to make an alternative letter form. Like if you want to like bring in swashiness. Say, yeah, something like that. A different kind of A. Like F-I ligature. So like connecting them or S-T. And so that was what it was traditionally used for. And so Trav was like, oh, this could be fun. So you take that string of characters and then you click on that open type button in InDesign or Illustrator. And it turns that string of characters into a pie chart or whatever chart you chose so <laughs> and it's like watching magic happen it's like watching and the interesting thing so there are thousands and thousands of glyphs in there yeah and so travis created tools for example a pie chart has like a pie slice of like one percent but you need to have that one percent in 99 different spaces or 100 different spaces <laughs> so he generated this code i don't know if i should be 
whatever. Um, (laughs) It's a trade secret. uh, But he would generate that in a million different places. Wow. Through code. And so he was able to create all these complicated chart combinations that are easy to edit and really useful. Yeah. And beautiful. You're not fighting against Keynote for two hours trying to make it look halfway decent. Yeah. The genius of Travis is he like... I mean, there's a lot of genius of Travis, Um, but with Chartwell, he saw it like he got it kind of into fonts. He like learned what was needed to make it and then realized this this part of it could be explored into something. And then he was considering, all right, I know what it's capable of doing. What would be useful? Yeah. This was like 10, 15 years ago when Chartwell was created. And so like annual reports, he would be making annual reports at a design studio he used to work at. And it was so annoying annoying in InDesign. <laughs> so, oh God, in InDesign. Because you can't, oh. it's hard because you have to like export them or you have to draw them. Or, or that fucking awful table thing that Yeah, it has. or the table or like Illustrator. It's, like a piece it's just, of code from 1983. Yeah, so that was kind of in the back of his mind when he created Chartwell. Yeah. And he was like, that could be something useful as a font and fonts can be anything that supports open type can use this. So it's agnostic to the software. Yeah. Anyway, it's, that's Travis. <laughs> <laughs> so so one year with Chartwell, we were making royalties from it. And one year we had a really good year with Chartwell, like unexpectedly, like blew out everything else. And Travis like, we're really making a lot of money on this. We should work on fonts more. That was it. That was the catalyst. Well, it let us start working on our own products. Yeah. That monetary freedom, in addition to a little bit of savings, it was like, all right, we have a little bit of cash now saved. We can start making our own products. And then that introduced us to the type world because he won some awards for it and we met some people and there's more to that story but (laughs) it was one of the things that helped us have the time wow it was a pretty huge kind of home run to to start out with Um, yeah it was a big we did a thing that doesn't seem like it should be possible to do (laughs) yeah and he like his yeah between chartwell and then He's had some other cool typefaces. And then now future fonts, it feels like there's cool stuff to be done. And we seem to keep figuring out these little opportunities. Yeah, we're we're a long way past the uh, Massimo Vignelli world of like, we only need five typefaces. Why would we ever need more than that? Yeah. Which was always bullshit, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> appealed to me at a certain point in my life. There's something like... I feel like my wardrobe, I kind of think, like sometimes I like my staples. Sure. Like you've got the black, you got the brown, you got the nudes, you got the like those. But then you have your flare pieces. Not pieces of flare, not buttons that you're wearing to- That could be. Show off how good you are a server at TGI Fridays. (laughs) You could do that. That could could be a flare. Yeah. But like you might have jewelry, you might, and like- Layer on t- so there are different approaches, but I'm also like probably pretty traditional in some ways, whereas other people just like go for it and like use it more as artwork. Yeah. Like incorporating it into the artwork and the personality of the artwork, which is super fun to see. And I'm like looking around the room and there's a lot of that. So I'm doing hypertext too. Do you want um, to tell people what hypertext is? <laughs> I would love to. It's great. Okay. So hypertext is like an experimental type specimen for future fonts. And I like to think of it as a yearbook for future fonts (laughs) that 
represents the new releases during a time period. Usually I'm doing it every couple of years. So yeah. it's not just one year. I think this last one was 2019 to 2020. All the future font releases. You're graduating class. Well, it's not the graduates because yeah, we have the, the graduates. <laughs> it's the freshman it's class. It's the freshman class. It's the new releases. And so it captures a moment of the fonts that we released that year because fonts also take years to finish. We can remember which ones we launched that year, who the designers, the foundries. It like captures all that in a booklet. Each one we've had is a little bit different, but I also like to think of it as like capturing a slice of that like energy yeah. of the time, both the period and then also of the artists and of the design culture of this period, both of type design and just like graphic design. Granted, it's curated, but it that's what I like to think of. It was like this little memento that capt- that's a memento of this period. It, it feels like such a perfect encapsulation of what is at that peak, each of those moments. Yeah. So Bijan and Fisk did our first hypertext and he is so talented. His studio is so talented. I love all of that. Like they create work that's inspiring and fun and like has such good energy and is thoughtful. Yeah. It, beautiful we, and weird. Beautiful and weird. Just and take, perfectly married. And personal and takes risks and has fun with it and has, is colorful and has a lot of energy. Like yeah. super smart and very thoughtful. So that was like a really scary thing for us because we had never hired out a big project in our budget and world because we would normally do it because it's cheaper. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, well, and I think you were designers. So I think we saw Bijan... I don't know. We were at PNCA. Our hated rivals. No. No. They're fine. They're wonderful, too. We're jealous of their building, for sure. I went to a talk at PNCA, and Bijan was there. And I, had, Travis and I had been talking about, like, because Bijan was having such fun parties and just, like, creating this vibe in Portland and just, like, a fun hub, a community hub. Yeah. Um, which I feel like PSU does. Like there's different hubs. We Make used to do it. Design Week was doing it. But like Bijan and Fisk had its own community nurturing funness. Yeah. And he does work with type. Any of the designers we choose for hypertext, we want to make sure they work with type. <laughs> <laughs> like they it have, seems like an important it seems, requirement. Yeah. And they have a lot of fun with type. Yeah. And so he was the only person really in our mind at that point. And so we're like, all right, we're going to go on a limb here and ask him to do this like marketing idea we had of something wacky and experimental and fun and see what he did. And he just blew it out of the water. Did you like have anything at that point or was it just like, no. we'll figure it out? Trav and I wrote a brief and it was like we were trying to just like make it real loose but inspiring of things that we thought were cool but weird <laughs> just like to Would kind you remember of spark- what was on it we wanted it to be like david lynchy <laughs> Um, so it's a vaguely sinister, but also kind of campy. Or just like David Lynch. I just feel like he expresses his own vision. Yeah. We wanted them to just like highlight the fonts, but do it in a way that really was a creative expression of what they wanted to work on. Absolutely. Bijan came back to us with this pitch. I want to do hyper food. I, I'm not remembering all was the hyper food. The one that was like a grocery store flyer. Uh-huh. I love that one. The most. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think that one has stuck beautiful. the most. Hyper age. That was like a new agey one. I think I pushed oh, yeah. him on that one more than he maybe wanted to do that one because <laughs> I really wanted something new agey. It felt of the time for me, but he wanted to do like hyper race car or something and that we didn't end up doing that one. We chose three of them. So 
the motto at Future Fonts is everything's in progress because we release fonts in progress. Um, we like to have that in the back of our mind as well. Yeah. Hypertext 2 is a little bit different because we hired nine designers to all do a spread. Like they chose, they each chose 10 fonts and then we assigned them based on, because we didn't want overlap. We wanted to use all of the fonts. They had to choose a theme and we interviewed them. Like, why did they choose this theme? How did they like working with all the fonts? What are they doing? So this one was interesting because the fonts were from 2019 to 2020, but we started the project in 2020, right? As oh, COVID. No. <laughs> yeah. Which was intentional. No. That was intentional. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That was by design because we're like, we need something productive. Yeah where we can like meet new people that we find interesting and see how other people are doing and just have something positive for ourselves and hopefully for the other designers yeah. that are working on it because we wanted it like low stress. We didn't want to put a lot of stress. We're like, here's the criteria, but there's really wiggle room with the timeline. It's not immediate. I'm still working. So I just am wrapping it up right now. It's a long project in the making because I spend way too much time polishing. I think that's the thing that we have in common. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were looking at my door sign out there before we started recording. That sign, which I, I believe only my guests see because no students venture down into this sad, forgotten hallway. That was, I want to say, iteration 30 of I believe that. that. I yeah. believe it. I mean, there's nice overlap on it. There's good composition. <laughs> I tried very hard. It, you got to choose what fonts yeah. are on there. It's it's difficult. Those things are not easy. No. <laughs> No, and then I you got to choose colors, and that's its own colors. annoying thing. Oh, colors are really stress me out. And then you go to print it, and the colors are wrong, yeah. even when you know <laughs> how colors print. It's one of the reasons I think I went to more towards digital stuff than oh, print. For sure, me too. Yeah, like, because it just stressed me out having something go to print. You can fix it if it's digital. Yeah, the web is always in progress, but a printed thing, you mess it up, and boy, you get to see it forever. And it's thousands of dollars of a mistake for a client like I just yeah. that that really would stress me out and I have people read it over when you're uploading a website like you press a button and then okay it's alive now and people can visit it no one will be at that moment but you know yeah. eventually in theory they could but like you send something to print you're uploading it to a weird FTP server because all printers exist in a land before time like if there was a way that I could fax the file to them, I'm sure they'd prefer it that way. And then you don't hear anything for a long time. <laughs> That's truly a dark period. And um, it feels like there's endless choices. So like you figure out the design like anything else. That's similar to web. Yeah. But then once you're done with it, then you got to be like, all right, what paper stock? Yeah. What printing techniques? Do I want to make this a little special? How am I going to bind it? Are we going to get any finishes in there? Ooh, yeah. Uh, Are we blind embossing? Are we going to foil stamp? Yeah. Like, it's Does just this like, need to be mailed? Because that's its own yeah. how, horrible what, nightmare. And then what envelope do yeah. we put it in that, like, how much is postage going to cost? There's like an endless... Oh, God. <laughs> How are we? How, who's going to ship who's, it? Yeah, who's going to do the pre-sorting? Because who's, it's a cheaper mail rate if we do it that way. I don't even know what that is. And then you oh, like, like, I don't even know. Big laugh. <laughs> you don't want to know that world. Then like, what stickers do we put on the envelope so that it's cool when someone gets it? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I Now I feel better about the print projects just because I'm more confident as a designer anyway. The thing was, it kind of flipped at some point. Like the, the changeability of the web when I was a young person. Yeah. 
yeah. and had infinite time to do all kinds of needless things felt magical. At some point, the fact that I could change it forever became a liability because my brain could not release itself from the responsibility of changing it forever. And when you have one project, that's great. When you have 20 projects, that's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I realized with the web too, the bigger you make a product, you keep wanting to make new features. And so if you didn't make it right the first time or oh, like God. pretty and it's the same with typefaces probably too and you at some point you want to redo it anyway yeah because it needs to be updated or there's new considerations to design around so now the bigger the project becomes then you're like well it, i do want to get this right because if i don't i'm gonna have to go back instead of moving forward it's terrifying <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you're never really making progress. Maybe it's always been there, but I feel like with the web now, you're treading water at best all the time. I think I used to find it more terrifying. Really? I mean, I say this and Trav's probably going to roll his eyes at this. <laughs> I, yeah, I think... And I think that's why we do everything's in progress kind of thing. Yeah. But to kind of lean into that and not make everything quite as precious as we do. But we still like to refine. It's like my eyes gotten better. So I need to refine it more. But I kind of at that stage of the project, I like it a lot more than I used to. I used It used to really stress me out because I was insecure about it. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, all right, let's keep polishing, polishing because you can see the finished state. Yeah. In your head. And I've already made the hard decisions, like the harder decisions was just like starting the project that speaks to the fact that you're probably a better project manager <laughs> than I am for my projects no it's just like you're making better decisions in in the front that support your decisions at the end uh that would, might be generous <laughs> <laughs> i think it's at that point i already see it and so it's like i'm excited to get to the finish line with it and yeah. so i'm just, it's like cleaning out your closet or like having a new project in your home where you're like paying for it is hard, figuring out those like first step decisions. But then once you got, you're like, oh, it's almost there. It's almost there. Yeah, <laughs> that can be its own form of magic. You were going to transition into the work that you brought. Yeah. Uh, what work did you bring? So I brought my graduating yearbook. What, really? Yeah, I brought my yearbook. From high school? From high school. I graduated in high school in 2000. Oh, my God. This is the first high school yearbook that we've gotten. <laughs> so the reason I brought this was because this was like the first organized design project that I really did. Had I you had like any sort of design type of thing in your high school or was it just like here you go i mean now that you're asking that i had there was like a book we had to make in elementary school and i mean this was early days of computers so my family had a computer we were very fortunate to have a computer and i printed it on that like oh the dot matrix yeah and then you had to like make a book of it in like sixth or seventh grade and there was like a book competition my book was not very good but i think my actual <laughs> like the written part of my book was not very good but i think the like cover and stuff i remember spending a lot of time on that so that was maybe earlier but like this i worked on a team we all worked together. We had a yearbook office and the newspaper crew was in there too. Oh, wow. And Publication I, space. Yeah. And I was, I'll put in quotes, hooking up with the other, one of the guys in the newspaper <laughs> office. So it was just like a very exciting and like all my it's friends. It's incestuous. I mean, it's cause, yeah. Your trouble's going to be afoot. And we had an office. Like you know, offices are important. They're special. They're they special. Make you, they make you feel important. Like but, you're yeah. doing important work. So my parents are divorced and live like a couple blocks from the school, both of them. So the like yearbook office was like my home. Like I kept my clothes there. 
I kept <laughs> sports uniforms. I kept just stuff. Like I had a lot. This locker. was the hub of your life. It was my home base. Yeah. There was a couch in there. It had a cool window. We'd like wrestle in there. <laughs> fun space. I assume the newspaper crew is like working to churn out a student newspaper like every week or something like that. Something like that. Were they printing them in this space too or is this strictly editorial? This was strictly editorial. We each had like a desk section and like a computer and crazy individual computers my god well, so fancy not individual to oh. the, like individual to yearbook individual to newspaper. oh <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that feels a lot more like the schools that i knew yeah yeah um, we've got two that's enough no it was a, it was a beautiful one one of the best offices i've ever worked in yeah um yeah so that was like the first i'd say more structured kind of important outside of just my personal projects thing that I worked on. And I remember thinking, because when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't go to a design school. I went to University of Wisconsin in Madison. Um, what did you study there? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I liked the yearbook because I liked working with my friends and creating something that represented a school that I really enjoyed and all my greater circle of friends. And I really enjoyed that. And so in the back of my head, I'm like, I want that sort of environment. I didn't know what that would mean, but I kind of wanted that environment. So I was like, okay, so I took the, a lot of these courses that were like a hybrid of philosophy and history or history and literature. Like they were these hybrid courses. I like that a lot. Interesting. And I also always took art classes. Like yeah. I took a ton of ceramics courses in high school I did more photography I took a little I don't even know if I took photography but that was like I was focusing on that more in high school because of yearbook I took this like new drawing oil pastels and all those things and then I really wanted to go abroad to Italy so at that point I had no major um, <laughs> but I was, I was like, how, how deep in the program were you at that this point? was sophomore year okay um, you're nipping at the heels of needing to have one very soon. yeah but I was like checking off like all of my prereqs oh all that Janet yeah so it business. didn't really matter because yeah. I could go into a lot of things. But I then wanted to go study abroad for a year in Italy because I saw this Stealing Beauty movie and I'm like, oh, I want to go to Italy. I mean, <laughs> I want to go to Italy and I haven't seen that movie at all. Well, it's with Liv Tyler. I don't even remember the movie. It's probably not that great of a movie. <laughs> but I loved the food. Really, that was what did it. Yeah. And I thought I could find love. Those oh, were so the this, two this was a whole, this was an eat, pray, love. Is that, is that the one that takes place in Italy? I don't remember. One of those. Know. One of, they, it might. I just wanted Under the Tuscan sun. That was my mindset of yeah. like, let's have an adventure, and those two things seemed important in that adventure. Yeah, it's a life changing moment. Yeah, I'm like really going on tangent, but so no, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard this show. So yeah, I, there's no linearity here. Yeah, check your linearity at the door. Yeah, I was like, well, what sounds fun to study in Italy? And of course, it's art and art history. Yeah, right? no question. It's the so headquarters. In order to graduate in four years, my major became art i got a bachelor of science in art <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean that's that's less goofy i guess than my bachelor of fine arts in fine arts which is, why is literally that goofy? it's so repetitive <laughs> it is repetitive as a copywriter you wouldn't enjoy that yeah maybe make one of those just make the second one just art why does it need to be fine art yeah why yeah that's also not really what i majored in so 
<laughs> yeah. So I was an art major. Yeah. But I really took all of my art classes in one year in Italy. Wow. Which was amazing. And that was enough to make the degree. We really could just like meander. Yeah. That's that's how <laughs> um, these things go. <laughs> okay. So the yearbook. Yearbook. Okay. So this was like the first... So special in a lot of ways. Yeah. Start of a new millennium. Start. It was 2000 when I graduated, which is something. Yeah. And it was also the year of the cows in Chicago. (laughs) Sorry, what now? So Chicago had, and I think other cities did that afterwards. And I think they they were inspired by a Norwegian city that had done it as well. Yeah. I may be getting that wrong. It's been a while. Somebody had to start it somewhere. Somewhere. But so they had artists decorate these cows, these cow sculptures. Yeah. Giant plaster, like full-size cows. Full-size plastic white cow sculptures that they could transform into anything they want. Cows, like there's the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. There's a lot of like, there's the The Jungle, (laughs) the famous book. With with a cow? Well, I think cows are a component, but maybe not. um, The cows are kind of unwell, I would say, in the jungle. That's sort of... Because it's about the meat oh packing. yes the meat packing <laughs> oh yes I wasn't I was not putting together what you I was like yes yes wait um, now that's just occurred to me is that why the that can't be why the bulls are the bulls right oh <laughs> I don't need, no just down to meat packing maybe but that would that's grisly if it is I I would like to think not I, let's hope not <laughs> but not out of the question but I then mean, it is just the cow head that's the logo and there's. N- no, it's not that. That's not part yeah. of their brand. It's like the charging of a bull. Okay. So it's not, the cow doesn't have X'd out eyes, I guess. No, it's not about a dead cow. No. no. <laughs> but there, the meat packing, okay, I didn't even think about that. But then there's Mrs. O'Leary's cow. Oh, sure. Um, That started the Chicago fire. People love that. <laughs> great cow. I don't even know if that had anything to do with the cows of the sculptures, but I just like, there's more cows in Chicago. It would make sense. Or it's a nice coincidence. But so I pitched to the group to make the theme of our yearbook. So, and there's a little golden cow on the spine. There is a little golden cow on the spine. In gold foil. Oh my God. Moo. <laughs> um, and all of the like M apostrophe zero zero, and then like all of the like theme pages are like oh the different grades posing with a different cow sculpture. These are, are so. This is definitely a photo that is indoors. I think right. This was in our school. So, so our school these cows are in your school. We just had one, but there were like we went around the city. Every grade has a different cow picture. If I can see it. So some of the other editors weren't as excited about Moo as I was. Um, that it truly was a group project. But There's... see, this one's outside. Oh, my we God. We went to different places. This is So the listeners at home know this is, a, this is a full glossy spread of just a single giant cow photo with two students. Or actually, there's, there's four. There's two under the cow. <laughs> Who, who do look like they're being trampled. They're not having a fun time. But then flanking the front and back, there's just two very chill students. So there's the twin cows. We got twins. <laughs> so like for the sophomore, so we had some for the juniors. We had one for the sophomore. Like it, every grade had its own full spread title page with a cow wow. and the students from that grade. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> How did you recruit the students? Well, we were yearbook editors, so we had power. <laughs> That's, yeah. 
to this be. This is my brother. That one's my brother <laughs> and his friends. I was very focused on this theme. Yeah. Like there was no swaying me. I thought it was genius. I was like, it's that year of the cows. We're graduating 2000. Moo. Yeah. It's got to be moo. And the other ones were like, I don't know. Like maybe it's too goofy. We want something more prestigious. I'm like, we got to lean into this. So I did not let go of this idea. And so like eventually it just, I don't, I think some weren't, didn't care at all. Like weren't that like, <laughs> upset about, but I remember me and my friend were kind of discussing. I don't know how hard she pushed back, but. I don't think she liked it as much as, if I remember correctly, I don't think she liked it as much as I did. Moo are here. Moo are here. Yeah, so each grade, especially the high school, has a different spread. The lower school and middle school are kind of grouped together. Your school went all the way back to, like, elementary? Yeah, it was Did a, I just see kindergarten as yeah, you were Yeah, it was wow. a kindergarten through seniors. Oh, my God, that's so many levels. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Of, so it was a big yearbook. I mean, we didn't yeah. have that many people. Up above you, I've got PSU's yearbooks from the era when they did yearbook. Uh-huh. And oh, that's Vikings? thicker than those. Yeah, the Vikings. Your books are cool. Your books are very cool. So cool. Is this not a cow one? But... <laughs> Oh, oh! but this it is... It does say Got Milk in the corner. So That's this sort is of an your... ad. So this was also the year of the Got Milk ads. So all of us, if you notice, have a milk mustache <laughs> on this, on the ads title spread. What? <laughs> so... There's... But there's no, like, sponsorship from the Milk Council. No, we, we probably should have asked them if we could use that ad. But parents would pay for a full page or so yeah, those were our like ads. Like the one celebrating Nathan there. Yeah. Nathan! Nathan. No last name, just Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this was a very special kind of first design project for me. There was I mean, that's... my friend Rachel Turp who is also the yearbook editor and oh, is still one of my best beautiful. friends. She's an amazing illustrator. Yeah. But she did, it says Moo in it. And she did all the like default fallback image. It's a very swirly cow. It's like. Yeah. Hypnotic. That's just like the signatures page on top of it. And something that I'm still like, there are some things like this is not that I'm like, oh, I feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Like what? I feel a little, a little bad. I mean, I'm proud of it, too, but I feel a little bad that I steamrolled the Moo theme. <laughs> well, you say that, but I don't I don't feel like aesthetically there's a lot of Moo. Like, but I feel like there were some most likely that people were not happy about and kind of upset about. And I don't even like I still feel bad about it. Really? That and like are and then these were unwanted most likely. They were just not what they wanted to be remembered. Oh. Or maybe and maybe they again, maybe it's me internalizing and they're not even even thinking about like probably most likely they've never thought about this again <laughs> um and then we turned ours into like the best most likely you could possibly want okay um, just kind of because they're like what well, we're gonna do our own most likely let's just like make us the best yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, what what did you elect yourselves? I mean, I, that, those I'll read. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, I'll read one of my. I'll read Rachie's. Like one of my best friends is Rachel Turp, and I'll read hers. Rachel Turp to design and build the most unique structural edifices because she is the strongest, smartest, and has the most beautiful soul ever. <laughs> You weren't kidding, huh? Yeah, here's mine. Yeah. Lizzie, to bring sunshine and joy to all she meets because she's the sweetest, freest, most beautiful, strongest, smartest, oh. and has the oldest soul ever. 
than that's very Amy. beautiful. It's very beautiful. Let me find it. That's and I can say that's not braggadocio. That's that's not braggadocio. That's, that's literal. Here's Amy's, and like it's funny. So Amy's is to rid the world of all pollution and save all organisms from extinction <laughs> because she is the kindest, strongest, and most beautiful and intelligent person ever with the most gentle soul. And she does stuff for the environment. Like some okay. of this stuff came true. I think I brought this because county <laughs> fair. Because um, I feel like I'm really proud that my life has kind of come full circle in a lot of ways where I work with my husband. Yeah. Like my favorite projects are projects that are with friends about something I care about and create little quirkiness in some ways like future fonts and reflect the community I like to be a part of. And like we make Design Week Portland. It, these have kind of like turned into the projects of my career that I've liked. And I think it's because this yearbook and like my friends on the yearbook, we all made this stuff together. And all complemented each other really well in our skill sets. It's just this perfect encapsulation of who you wanted to be. Yeah. That was that was really amazing. You also, when I was looking back through the email chain, you sent two very cool things. This is actually a good spinoff to that wacky date one. That Oh, yeah. So in the background, as we've been talking, there's been wacky date the whole time. Tell us about wacky date. Okay. So this is great because it's also about Travis. Okay. Maybe I'm talking about Travis too much, but... <laughs> He's a big part of my career. Yeah. And I mean, my you, life. You've been you've been partners in many ways for, so for many, many years. years. I'll go way back. <laughs> Travis and I met on Craigslist. All right. Com. How? Um, like Well, so Wacky Date was a client I believe I got on Craigslist. I just started freelancing. Okay. And that's where you found gigs, like projects was on Craigslist. Yeah. And so I had been actively like searching for projects and Travis, I don't know if he posted in the job section. I think he might have. And he posted like, I'm looking for another designer for the summer. I'm off school to bounce around ideas with at a coffee shop. And so... And so I texted and he's like, and I might have some projects to like pass off to you or that we could work on or that you could have because my schedule's filled up. Yeah. So I email him right away because that's the go getter I am. Yeah. And I'm and just you knew like, nothing else about him. Zero. I mean, that he said he was in the summer from school. Yeah. I gathered he was a student. So I was like, OK, age range. OK. And I just was like, go, go, go and stressing out and applying for jobs. And so I really loved the idea of like working with someone. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm in work mode. It'd be so nice to have someone that is in it, too, in that mindset. Yeah. And so I was like, let's meet. And he's like, OK. And I'm like, <laughs> and actually he was he's real smooth on like instant messenger and on email he's really good at that was was this aol instant messenger days this was but i think this was just an email okay and i'm like do you want to meet in two hours at this coffee shop and or, oh. or like do you want to meet at two hours and he's like okay i'm like choose a coffee shop that you like and so he chose a coffee shop because i'm like i gotta get it done <laughs> Somebody else is going to scoop this guy. Which he was talking to other people. Really? And I was just like, let's meet. And I and like he was kind of like interviewed. So I'm like, let's meet. Because I was working. Yeah. I'm like, if you're working, let's just meet at a coffee shop. I love going to the coffee shop. It'll be an afternoon treat. Yeah. It sounds like a perfect place for this kind of meeting to occur. Yeah. So we met at a coffee shop. I remember walking in. He's wearing his cargo shorts and his like Cubs shirt or some like used shirt he had. And then like his backpack looked like a student. 
Sure. Um, what what year is this also? Oh, my goodness. So I graduated college in 2004. I was a branding assistant for two years, so 2006. So it was probably 2007 or 2008. Okay. So he was getting his mocha, which was his drink of choice at that time. <laughs> And we met and just started talking. And then every day afterwards, I would wake up, go to his apartment where he had two roommates. Like it was my business day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd work out yeah, of his room. You had room. the all hands meeting, of course. I had, and I'd yeah. go to his, and I, and he, we weren't even working on the same projects. And I would just be in his room with his cat, who's our cat In now, his apartment. <laughs> in his apartment every day from like 9 a.m. to like 6 at night. Was there any hint that it would eventually become a romantic partnership as well, well or just so anyone that knows travis knows he's kind of like a quieter um yeah not very in your face so his roommates were like who is this girl <laughs> that just keeps showing up for eight hours a day to work in travis's room yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden where did he get her <laughs> and i'm like the exact opposite where i'm like making myself at home yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so wacky date. So wacky date was I found that job on Craigslist. So two weeks into working together, <laughs> um, uh-huh. he asked me out on a date and I said no because I liked our business relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so in my head so we would sit I remember we would sit at the park have a blanket and have like food as and, business partners as business, of course and we would be thinking of business names for our design studio uh-huh. <laughs> watching tennis at the park and my roommates were like like my sister and my best friend were like who is who is this guy <laughs> So then a couple weeks after that, uh, I don't know if I should tell this story. We, so, can, we can cut it out. If... It's a, no, it's fine. It's, okay. it's just like out of nowhere. So like my second cousin had just started dating someone and she wanted to go to the gospel festival and have me meet her partner. So I was like, oh, opportunity here. Travis wants to go on a date with me. I'm going to have him go on a double date. To with, the gospel festival. To the Millennium Park Gospel Festival with my second cousin and her new boyfriend. I'm like, if you'll go on that date with me, that could be our date. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay. He actually made it such a sweet night. He chose a restaurant for us to get food. We held hands. And like, I had never really had a guy treat me that way before. I feel like most guys at that age never showed that they liked someone which is unfortunate and really sad in a lot of ways. But well, it's, vulnerability is not something that people who are raised as masculine in this country have generally been trained to do until very recently. It uh, It's hurtful to be on the other side of that. Yeah. But I also don't know if they even like they were like so scared. There was like a fear that like we were going to trap them. 
Um, like they just did not want a relationship, at least the guys I was dating. So Travis, I just felt always very special yeah. with him. And he was very, he's very romantic and I felt very safe and he's creative. Anyway, so Wacky Date was a client I had. It's funny that all of these are like so personal in a way. I mean, there's, like there's some good, <laughs> there's some good show meat coming out of this. Yeah. I'm not an illustrator. I don't like to, I don't like Earlier in my career, I took on some more artwork type of websites where I also created the artwork. That's very stressful. It really stresses me out because it's so personal and opinionated. Yeah, I, I kind of felt this when I was when I started in design. I did so because I wanted to be a cartoonist, but I was not a very good cartoonist oh. at all. Um, and you got into digital, even though you wanted to be a cartoonist. Well, whenever I would try to incorporate my like illustrations into things, supposedly the thing that I was trying to do, I would be like so anxious and so like, oh God, I hate, I'm not doing it right. I'm not living up to the expectations of the three web comics that I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard and yeah. it's really personal. Yeah. Um, whereas layout and solving a problem for a website that's a perfect description yes is um easier for me yeah yeah um, it feels abstracted it feels like the thing is not emerging fully formed out of your head like athena out of zeus this is like you are cobbling together parts and pieces to yes. make this thing and, and it doesn't help you when you're representing someone else you're more representing the problems they're trying to solve versus the energy like I yeah. mean, there's also the energy in it, but like with illustration, they're either choosing you for an illustration style, which I didn't have at the time. So it was more just like, what style did they want to do? Yeah. And could I execute that? And I couldn't do that very well. Oh, no. Or at least I felt like I couldn't do that. Very well. So this one, I mean, she let me do whatever style I wanted. So the two people are me and Travis. Really? <laughs> I mean, mirrored after me lightly. Like they're that and that's kind of like my house window that I the apartment. I mean, loosely. This is very loosely. Like I took liberties of things, but to describe this, this is the website uh has wackydate.com <laughs> written at the very top. I would maybe not encourage you to go to that URL right now because I don't know what is there and it's probably just something yeah. sketchy. You got a cloud and then underneath the cloud are Travis stand in um <laughs> with some flowers held behind his back. Back, ringing the doorbell and then peeking out of the window next to the door there's lizzie <laughs> hand on hand on window i'm guessing that you were so excited that you ran immediately to the door to look out and i wanted to see what he was yeah wearing. yeah <laughs> no, and kidding. he he anticipated this because he's hiding the flowers so that there'll be a surprise yeah. when you open the door that is i'm really bad at getting surprises actually and he probably knew that <laughs> <laughs> and I remember he did send me this really sweet bouquet of flowers when we were first dating. Oh, really? Um, were they had... like this? Or No, I don't think oh. it was like those flowers. But he had a Bukowski quote saying, it's something about being crazy and like what a wonderful world it is or that it makes it interesting because yeah. we're weird or something. And it, that, was on, <laughs> that was the only thing on the card oh. with the flowers. Um, I wish I remembered the That's Bukowski beautiful. Card. I might even have that card somewhere. But so, and then the other thing with this wackydate.com. Yeah, what is wackydate.com? <laughs> <laughs> we, keep, we keep breezing by. We're, um, we're talking about aesthetics and not content. 
<laughs> yeah. It's kind of a community. It was the era of communities online. Friendster, Facebook had just started. There was Yeah, MySpace. but it was like college only. It was not. It was college only. Yeah. But there were those kind of sites popping up where there were these community hubs. Yeah. And this one, this woman had this vision of like people sharing their dating stories. And I was in that mode where dating took up a lot of my brain in my early 20s. It was kind of the first startup-y product that I was involved in that wasn't really a marketing site or just housing things like an educational site. And people would submit their stories and you could search. And it was kind of like a forum for dating stories. Horrific, wacky, crazy <laughs> dating stories. Uh, oh, yeah. Thank God, because I, I was worried for a minute that it was going to turn out to be like you'd go on a wacky date with someone. You're no, like no, spinning no, no. a wheel and then, no. oh, it's the clown. Hi, everybody. No, it wasn't a matchmaking site okay, to it. find. It was tell your dating stories. And it was fun because it was like a little bit more complex of an interactivity site yeah. than your traditional out-of-the-box marketing templates. Yeah. I That sounds very cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that was how that site is a personal piece. <laughs> <laughs> They're all my personal personal pieces here. I, I love it. I put a little of myself in all the work. Honestly, that what what more could you ask for? I'm realizing that our recording is now over two hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness, you're editing. I've done it I'm again. so sorry. I'm That's so what these sorry. Are. That's why it takes eight hours. I'm so <laughs> sorry. If I were smarter, I would make the show longer, but I'm not smarter. I am so, so sorry. I, no, this is not your fault. This is I, I'm a you talker. Were done and then I meander here's a here's some things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, you, you could just cut it after that. No, you did. You did so great. This Thanks. is really wonderful. Um, I mean, I love talking about this. <laughs> this is so. I mean, I thank you for being interested. I'm like, could talk all day long. Apparently, on all this stuff. As as though I can't. I think that's what this thing is. Ideally, when yeah. it when it works good. There's too um, much to talk about. Lizzie, yes. if people want to follow your works, where did they go about doing that? That is a very good question. And phrased in a normal way that people <laughs> normally speak in. Absolutely. Yeah. There are a lot of places to follow our work. Um, <laughs> my personal handle is Lizzie Joy, L-I-Z-Y-J-O-Y. Then there's Future Fonts, at Future Fonts. And then there's Vectrotype. And then there's Scribbletone, but that's not as active. I'd say Future Fonts, Vectrotype, and Lizzie Joy yeah. are my most active ones. And Future Fonts is futurefonts.xyz if you wish to browse the catalog on the internet. Good plug, yeah. It's really great if you are new to type or if you're old to type or if you're middle-aged to type. It's a great place to find type. Um, Thank you, Sean. Um, and Vectro, we're starting to take on custom type work too. I'll oh, yeah. Yeah, so if there's any listeners out there that want to commission a beautiful new Vectro typeface, that can be arranged. Yeah, for your company, you can then have a typeface that speaks to your identity. You get to have something that is truly your own and you don't have have to worry about some other competitor swooping in like when apple used myriad and then every other tech company used myriad <laughs> yeah exactly thank you so much for being here lizzie thank you so <laughs> thank much you for, Sean. thank you for spending a beautiful day in portland one of the few we've had this year in this windowless box absolutely my uh, pleasure thank you for doing this for me for the community for oh. our companies like for everything like really sweet of you to spend so much time oh, energy geez. and 
your talents on this. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. My talents in air quotes. <laughs> that is not in air quotes. No air quotes. Well, I thank you. And and thank you to the listeners. But if you did enjoy this show, why not leave a review on the service that you use to listen to it? It could be Apple Podcasts. It could be Spotify, although I don't 100% know that you can leave reviews. It would be great, though, if you could just go to like just a random song, just you know, thinking of a song just out of thin air. The Friday song. I don't know why that's <laughs> Friday, Fry. Yeah, you just go to that one and you leave a review about how great it is. Um, and similarly, I would love it if you went to mine and left a review about how great it is and how much you enjoyed it. Because I, as a person, it does make me feel good, but also it helps people find the show. And also tell a friend. As you might imagine, there's not like, you know, billboards that I can make for podcasts. They hear about them from friends. And you are a friend to several people i'm sure at least maybe more than that if you also like the show you can follow us on various services such as twitter such as instagram such as as of yesterday linkedin what (laughs) yes that's right i went through the extremely cumbersome process of creating a linkedin page my god they've really made that hard to do (laughs) for no reason but if you want to follow us on those services you can and then you'll get to see cool images not of the work but just of kind of random things that we talk about in these conversations this is a program called did i do that i'm sean schumacher this is called did i do that and i'm sean schumacher and this is called did i do that okay that's the end bye (laughs) (laughs) elizabeth kershenson (laughs) it's a long mouthful it, so- it sounds very proper. Does it? it? I would say so. I always, I, I don't know. It's not, it's, it sounds like the name of a CEO of something. Ooh, I yeah. like that a lot. Introducing the CEO of eBay. I love it. I love Bad it. news, you're in charge of eBay, Lizzie. I like to be in charge, or at least, at least pretend I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually have to angle my mic up, I realized, because I, I, I'm very nasally. Otherwise, you can hear the oh, snorts. The snorts. The snorts. The That's, snorts. Yeah. These are, these are <laughs> technical terms uh, from, from podcast business. Uh-huh. Um, okay. All right. Here we go. What words can we practice? <laughs> well, we should do. God, there. Uh, when I when I worked at Pika, the like sound tech people had like this whole like thing that they would run through to test. Yellow so they leather. Would, blah, 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 like testing yeah. plosives, sibilants. S- 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 um, you um, have a wealth of knowledge in this area. <laughs> Well, I like I pick up I think this is also like part of the reason maybe that I've trended towards is like the visual stuff doesn't always stick with me. But like spoken stuff will like one thing I think about still 10 years later, my last year at school, I worked at the Department of Risk Management Safety. I ended up making a lot of safety training courses for them. Hmm. What with all my safety training knowledge that I have. They had that. They needed you for the showmanship. (laughs) No, this was I was not a showman in these days. I was a very, a very quiet fellow. Uh, 
I think Kate is ultimately to blame for that. <laughs> it's <laughs> like being it's, honest. I feel like the more I longer I become a designer, it's like you need to be a host. Yeah. For just like managing people, like making sure people are having a good time on oh, the team yeah. and stuff. It's so people based. Like, and then also like being a presenter or like their skills I haven't been nurturing over the years. I don't know about that. I think you're very personable. One on one I am when I first meet someone. <laughs> But I think maintaining that long. Well, uh, we're also. Thank you. I mean, this is a profession of introverts, ultimately. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm to, an introvert. To, but look, to lock yourself away, though. Yeah. Uh, away from people in order to create things. Yeah. I'm not an introvert. I love being around people. Oh, but the thing that I was going to say. So the what stuck with me from that job more than any of the terrible flash safety training courses that I made was the cubicle next to me was the guy who did respirator fit testing for everyone on campus. And when you do a respirator fit test, OSHA makes you read this thing called the Rainbow Passage, which is truly, truly a marvel. Uh, I'm going to pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is this is a this is a passage of text that you have to read when you are this is not it. This is much too long. So who is coming to do this? These are very large, very burly men who work on the roofs of buildings at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and need respirators just for for their jobs. So like a gigantic guy, a guy who's like six, seven and just 400 pounds of muscle will walk in and sit down in this tiny, shitty office chair that we have in there, put on a respirator and go, when the sunlight strikes raindrops in the air, they act as a prism and form a rainbow. The rainbow is a division of white light into many beautiful colors. These take the shape of a long round arch with its high path above and its two ends beyond the horizon. There is, according to legend, a boiling pot of gold at one end. People look, but no one ever finds it. When a man looks for something beyond his reach... His friends say he is looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> I think that could be an art video. It's true. Like, it it feels like, like a Ryan Tricartan thing or something. It's so weird. <laughs> it, I, it's just beautiful in a way. It's, re it's really beautiful and it makes no sense that they have to do it. And, and it's, an, it's like the visuals of that could be fantastic. Yeah. 